Thank you, JT, singers, musicians, beautiful music. Thank you, choir. Wow, that was really pretty. Thank you, Lauren, for uh, that solo in the choir. That was just beautiful today. Well, turn with me to the book of Revelation and chapter 12. You know, since um, Russia invaded Ukraine, I preached a seven-part series on Russia in prophecy. Russia and the Battle of Armageddon, I called it. And I said to you on numerous occasions that Israel is the center of Bible prophecy. And uh, I come back now not to, sp not to speak about Russia or Armageddon, but to look at this passage and, and see how at least part of it pertains to Israel, as I think you will see. It's an interesting chapter. It's uh, very symbolic, as you will see. And uh, it's happening. It, it really goes back in time, forward in time, and so forth. And you'll, you'll see that uh, as well. So Revelation chapter 12. Good to see everyone this morning. Good to see everyone watching online. Glad you're with us. Look at verse 1. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven. Now he's going to give us two great wonders here. The word in the Greek is semion. And it's translated wonder three times in the King James. Two of them are right here. It's translated miracle 23 times. It's translated sign 50 times in the King James. So most often this word is translated sign. So this is a huge sign, a great sign. By the way, the word great there is megas in the Greek. It's where we get our word mega. So here we have a mega sign or symbol, something symbolic. And uh, so there is a great wonder in heaven in a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she, being with child, cried, travailed in birth, uh, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder, sign, in the heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon the head. And his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her son as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man child, a male child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. That's twelve hundred and sixty days. That exact number is mentioned twice in the book of Revelation. And twice in the book of Revelation we have the uh, term of forty-two months. And they're the same. Forty-two months, twelve hundred and sixty days. Pray with me. Father, thank you for our time together. Now make it profitable for each of us, I pray. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Amen. This past Thursday, Israel celebrated 74 years of independence. It was their Independence Day. And the day before was their Memorial Day where they solemnly remembered those who had fallen in war and those who had died by terrorist attacks in the last uh, 74 years. Then they had the celebration the next day and they celebrated with barbecues and parties and celebrations all over the country. The prime minister made a speech and in that speech he said about the nation, it's a story of a nation that built something from nothing, a scattered people returning to an ancient homeland. End of quote. That same day, on their Independence Day celebration, two Palestinians, 119, 120, they attacked a group of civilians with hatchets and knives. And they killed three civilians and they injured four others. Same day. And uh, the three men who were killed left behind a total of 16 children. Of course, the Prime Minister of Israel denounced the terrible attack, but also the U.S. Secretary of State, Blinken, vehemently condemned the terror attack. But not so among the Palestinians. The Palestinians that live all around Israel, they celebrated. They celebrated by giving each other sweets, cakes, pies, and so forth. They celebrated the death of these three Israeli citizens. It's a remarkable thing, isn't it? How can people hate so terribly? I know there's racial hatred all over the world, but I've always thought there was something extra special in the hatred for the people of Israel, for the Jewish nation, for the Jewish people. For instance, since 2001, 20,000 rockets have hit Israel. Now think about that. Not, this is not just in a military conflict. They're hitting civilian places, wherever the rocket falls. At first, their rockets were less sophisticated, and they could only travel about six, seven miles. Now they're more sophisticated. They can travel 30, 25, 30 miles. Can you imagine? Let, just suppose. Let's try to put our, our feet in their shoes. What if Canada and uh, Mexico was shooting missiles into the United States? Suppose you move an enemy into some ships in the Pacific and then in the Atlantic, and, and you've got it coming from all four sides, what if in, in 21 years 20,000 rockets hit the U.S.? Wow. We would want to annihilate those people who were killing our civilians. 
you can see why Israel fires back to try to protect their people, their nation. There is a, like a supernatural hatred by some. Two of the main groups, though there are many, two of the main terrorist groups, Hamas and uh, Islamic Jihad. The group Islamic Jihad holds summer camps for kids. That's pretty commendable, isn't it? What they teach them in these summer camps is, is how to shoot a shoulder-held rocket so that when they're old enough, they too can shoot rockets into Israel. There is a racial hatred for Israel that is hard to wrap your mind around. Of the Palestinian nations, the Arab nations around Israel, there was a, a poll taken in 2013, and it said this, and I'm quoting, Most Palestinians do not support firing rockets at Israel from the Gaza Strip. About 38% did favor it. Well, still, that's almost 40% of the rank and file, not just the terrorists, but all of the Palestinians, about 40% was in favor of it. But a couple of years later, another poll was taken. This time, uh, they found that 80% of the Palestinians supported firing rockets against Israel if Israel did not allow unfettered access to Gaza. So now you've got 80% of a people group who somehow hates Israel enough to want to fire multiple rockets into their civilian population. Again, hard to wrap your mind around that. What about in the United States? Incidents of anti-Semitism where a business was attacked or an individual was attacked because it was Jewish is on the rise in the US look at your screen for a moment I put a chart here I know you can't read all those numbers I'm gonna explain it to you on the far on the far left you have the smallest part of the graph 927 incidents that year that was 2012 2021, the last full year, last year, there was 27 plus, 2700 plus. From 2020 to 2021, the rise in America of anti-Semitism attacks went up by 34%. So it's not just in the Arab lands, but... There is that kind of racial hatred in the U.S. as well. You remember, I'm sure, back in 2005, when the then president of Iran said that it was their goal to wipe Israel off the map. 
he was speaking to a, when he said this the first time, he was speaking to a group of 4,000 students who were enrolled in a program called, and I'm quoting now, you, it, it's hard to believe, but the name of the program was The World Without Zionism. Zionism is the Jewish people. It's the, Israel na the Israeli nation. The World Without Zionism. That was the name of the program. 4,000 students in it. And they were getting ready for a big demonstration the last Friday of the holy month of Ramadan. And it was an anti-Israel demonstration. Now since that time, Iran has made that statement. Uh, again, they want to annihilate Israel. They want to do away with Jewish people. They want to wipe them off the face of the earth. Wow. What if, what if, now I know there's, there's nuts out there everywhere in every nation. There are crazy people out there. But this is not just some nut on the internet. This was the leader of one of the big nations of our world. What if a, what if a president of a, of a nation came out and said, we would like to wipe America off the face of the earth? How would that make us feel? Or let's think about racial hatred for a moment. What if... What if a nation came out and said, we want to wipe uh, black people off the face of the earth? Or what if they said, we want to wipe all Asians off the face of the earth? That's what they're saying about the Jewish people. Now, all racial hatred is terrible and bad and comes from the devil, and uh, all Christians should reject it totally and completely. So I'm not saying this is worse. I'm just saying it is, it is almost indescribable that, that people live their whole lives and their whole aim of, of life is to kill Israeli people, citizens. And their ultimate goal is to rid the whole world of Jews. Now this hatred is nothing new. Pharaoh wanted to wipe out the children of Israel. God delivered them. Babylon, Assyria, came against Israel and killed many, defeated them. Rome held the Jewish people under their control and killed many. In 70 AD, they, they killed everybody in the city of Jerusalem and leveled the city of Jerusalem. Titus, the great general of Rome and and then there was Hitler there was a hatred for Jews that is just unreasonable it just doesn't make sense six million of them and then Stalin we often see Hitler as this great um, hater of uh, the Jews Stalin was the same way who led the Soviet Union for so many years. 
It is said that Stalin killed more Jews than Hitler. He executed by firing squad a million Jews. Together, Stalin and Hitler murdered 14 million people. Most of them, not all of them, most of them Jews. None of them. Now, that's, that's not counting the people who died in the war. That's just counting civilians. Many of them were women and children and elderly people. 14 million. Haters. And now, since 1948, Israel is surrounded by enemies who fire these missiles into their, into their land. Now, let's go back to our text. With that being said, I remind you that this word, wonder here, used twice, the wonder of the woman and the wonder of the dragon, means sign, mega sign, big sign. Now, I want to identify these three Characters that's given to us in this vision. The child, the woman, the child, and the dragon. I want to identify the first, the easiest two first, because it'll make it'll help us identify the more difficult one. First of all, the child is the Lord Jesus. Look at verse uh, six, I think it is. No, verse five. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule over the nations with a rod of iron. That's a, that's a description of the Lord Jesus. It was used in Psalm 2 and verse 9. It was used in chapter 2 of the book of Revelation. It, was used, it is used in, in chapter 19 verse 15 in the book of Revelation. The exact same quote, and every time it is a reference to the Lord Jesus. So there really can be no doubt on who this male child is. This male child is the Lord Jesus. And uh, notice the last part of verse 5. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. So that colon between iron and her child covers 33 years from the time the child was born and then he was caught up. He, was, he, was, uh, he ascended and sat down on the right hand of God the Father in glory. So this is the Lord Jesus. No one else could even come close to fitting this description. And then let's identify the dragon. We really don't have to work hard to do that. Look at verse 9. The text identifies the dragon. Look at verse 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out unto the earth, and his angels, angels, notice that, These are evil angels. These are demons, fallen angels. And they were cast out with him, uh, as verse 9 says. So there's no doubt who the dragon is. The dragon is Satan. So this is 
symbolic images. Now, what about the woman? The woman is not quite so easy. Here's what some people have said. Some people have said the... Uh, uh oh There we go. Some people have said the woman was Mary Baker Glover Patterson Eddy. That's, all her, that's her name. She was the founder of Christian Science. And she saw herself as giving birth to Christ somehow. I guess she saw as giving birth to who she saw as the real Christ under the teaching of Christian science. And she saw herself in this, uh, in this passage. She's not the only one. There's been other women who have seen themselves and have started cults. And uh, one of them is very interesting. That lived in England. Her name is Joanna Southcott. They called her followers Southcottians. At first there was a Southcottian movement. And then they developed it into a Southcottian society. She saw herself. She said she was the woman of Revelation chapter 12. She was first in the Church of England, then she joined the Wesleyans, and then she got crazier and crazier, and uh, she started her own movement. And then, when she was 64 years old, she said she was pregnant. And she was going to give birth to the, quote, new Messiah as of this chapter. She was going to give birth to the new Messiah. Well, the date of the birth was given and time went by and she did not have a child at the age of 64. Doctors examined her and she wasn't faking a big stomach. She had some somewhat rare disease that bloated her and her followers thought that was the baby and she died shortly after that. Her followers didn't bury her until her body began to decay. You know why? They thought she was going to come back to life. But she didn't. And they buried her. Now you would say, who in the world would believe a kook like that? When she died, she had 200 faithful followers. It's amazing what people will believe. As the old saying is, they'll believe anything but the truth, right? Yeah. And so there have been many others as well. Here's a, here's a statement from Dr. J. Vernon McGee. I love old Dr. McGee, don't you? He's talking about this very situation here and, and these women who claim to be the woman of chapter 12. He says, and I'm quoting now, We have had in the United States several founders of cults and religions who thought they were this woman. In Southern California, we even had a few female preachers who got the idea they might be this woman. 
but they weren't. We can dismiss all of these claims unless we want to forsake all intelligent approach to the interpretation of Scripture. <laughs> End of quote. To say that these women were not this woman is so obvious that uh, it would waste time to try to explain why it's not possible. But there are other thoughts here too. The Catholic Church sees this woman as Mary. Now when you first read it, you may see it that way too. I think I probably did when I first read it. Mary is the, the human person who gave birth to, uh, to Christ. But if you look a little closer, you realize Mary does not fit the description of this woman. One thing is the moon and the stars doesn't seem to have anything to do with Mary. But more importantly, you notice that after Jesus ascended up into heaven, the woman, verse 6, the woman fled into the wilderness where she's going to live 1260 days. There's no record of Mary ever doing that. But even beyond that, in, uh, in verse 13... It says, and when the dragon saw that he was cast down to the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the child. And so Mary was not persecuted, and she wasn't living during the, the last 1260 days of the tribulation period. Mary's in heaven. Mary was a wonderful, wonderful person. Can you imagine being the person God chose to bear the Savior of the world. Wow, she was a wonderful person, but she's not God. So, Mary doesn't even fit the text. And then there are some Protestant churches and scholars who teach that this is the church. Some Protestant scholars confuse the church and Israel. They have this general idea that the Israel of the Old Testament becomes somehow the church in the New Testament. But when you look at that in detail, it makes absolutely no sense at all. Because Israel was still around in the New Testament, Israel is still around today. And the church and Israel are separate. The church is everyone who has come to know Christ as Lord and Savior since Pentecost. Part of the church already in heaven. Part of us are still down here. The church doesn't fit. The church during this period of time, the end of the tribulation, will be in heaven, raptured up. Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, We believers are not appointed to wrath. which is what the tribulation period is. So it can't be the church. Who can it be? Well, you know by now. It's Israel. Israel, scholars who are premillennialist. Premillennialist means they believe in a premillennial, the millennial being the thousand-year kingdom. They believe that the Lord will come back before the millennial kingdom. Premillennialism. 
Dispensationalism means that we believe that, that God deals with people in different ways in different dispensations or periods of time. Now you get saved the same way regardless of the period of time. Old Testament, New Testament, tribulation period, millennial kingdom, you get saved by faith in Christ. But God deals with us differently in those dispensations. This church has always been premillennial and dispensational. And we still are today. And most every preacher you hear on the radio and most every preacher you watch on TV, unless you watch some maybe you shouldn't watch, most of them are premillennial and dispensational, if not every single one of them. Now, why do we believe it's Israel? Well, because Israel is going to flee into the wilderness, which verse 6 says the woman is going to do. Remember what Jesus said in his sermon on prophecy in Matthew 24. He said, when you see the Antichrist, the abomination of desolation, stand in the holy place, when you see that happen, come down from your house, come out of the field, and flee into the mountains, into the wilderness. Israel is going to flee at the midway point of the tribulation period, which is identified by those 1260 days. Tribulation period, seven years. Last half, Jesus called it the Great Tribulation, three and a half years. 1260 days, 42 months. And so that fits. Also, the symbol of the, of the moon and the sun and the stars. Do you remember the Joseph having a vision, a dream, and he dreamed that the moon, in his dream, the moon and the sun bowed down to him, and so did 11 stars. Now here it says 12. So did the 11 stars. Now Israel, his father, immediately interpreted that dream as he and Joseph's mother, Rachel, as the sun and the moon. And he was rather upset, if you remember. Are you saying that, that me and your mother are going to bow down to you? Then he identified the stars as his brothers. Remember, there was 12 of them. Joseph was one, so if, if they were bowing down to him, that means 11 stars were bowing down. So the moon, the sun, and the stars represent Israel and the nation of Israel that came out of Israel and, and those 12 sons who make up the 12 tribes. That's the reason she's standing on the sun, the moon, and the 12 stars. In the Old Testament, Israel was used as a feminine, uh, pro, uh, feminine pronouns used for her. In many places, she was called a she. And she was even called the wife of Jehovah, Israel. So it's not unusual at all for Israel to be seen as a woman. And so here we have Israel as the woman. The child is Christ. The dragon is Satan. Now we begin to see why there's this unreasonable hatred for Israel. Because the dragon 
hates Israel. It's a satanic hatred. It is moved by the dragon himself. Not only in, in Egypt, but in Hitler's Germany and in Stalin's Soviet Union. The closer you get to Satan, the more you hate other people and particularly the Jews. Now, why does Satan hate them particularly? Which is certainly clear from this passage. Because they're God's chosen nation. God chose them. God loves them with a special love. Now, they still have to get saved like everybody else. But the nation, even unbelieving Jews, God loves. And they are special to Him. Because God loves them, Satan hates them. You and I better be sure we stay on the right side of this thing. The Bible says concerning Israel that they that bless Israel, God will bless. They that curse Israel, God will curse. So let's be sure we as Americans stay on the right side promoting the nation of Israel and loving the Jewish people and standing against anti-Semitism. So, when we kindly put this together now, look at your screen, and the outline of chapter 12 looks like this. The woman is Israel. Genesis 37 is where the vision that Joseph had about the sun, moon, and stars. The dragon is Satan, identified in verse 9. The male child is Jesus. If you just had that one passage, chapter 19, 15, you see the exact wording referring to Christ. And then the, there is a war in heaven. Chapter 7, I mean verse 7 through 12, there's a war in heaven. And then there's a persecution on earth. And that persecution is against the nation of Israel. The scripture's going to say they went, spewed out of the dragon's mouth was a great flood. Remember when we talked about the midway point in the tribulation period and there would be great persecution against Israel? That flood is, is the Antichrist soldiers who is going out like a great flood against the nation of Israel, but God's going to protect Israel. And we don't have time to look at that today. We'll look at that a, another time. I need to close. Do you know that many Jewish people have come to trust Christ as Savior? Here's a report from a Jewish organization, not a Christian Jewish organization, but a Jewish organization that is really against evangelizing Jewish people. But they themselves admit that in, in Israel, five years ago, there were 15,000 Jews who had come to Christ. That's five years ago. Now those same experts report that... a Another 15,000 have come to Christ, and now there's 30,000 
Jewish people in Israel that are believers in Christ, in their Messiah. Isn't that glorious? That's what we should pray for for Israel. Pray that they'll come to know their Messiah. I don't have time to read it to you, but there's another report from Pew, uh, from Pew Research says that in America, there is 1.6 million People with Jewish backgrounds, they were either raised Jew or, or uh, they were Jewish by their heritage. 1.6 million are believers in the Lord Jesus. Isn't that tremendous? Pray with me, please. Father, we thank you for this great passage of Scripture. And how it helps us to understand a little bit the unreasonable somewhat confusing hatred for the people of Israel. Today, together as a congregation, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, just like you have instructed us to do. And we pray that you protect the innocent civilians in Israel that are just trying to live out a dream. To live out a dream of a nation born out of ashes and we pray that you'd turn the hearts of their enemies we know that in the tribulation period the hatred will just increase and the persecution will increase we pray that you would protect your people Israel and bring them finally into your loving arms we pray that they will find their long-awaited Messiah and find his peace and forgiveness of sin we ask it in Jesus name Amen stand with me please we're going to